Next on the Pray in Jesus Name show, Dr. Chaps will pray about these important issues. The personhood movement, is this the best chance to stop abortion in America? We have a newsmaking interview with Dr. Alan Keyes. We're also gonna discuss Obamacare. Does it force Christians to pay for abortions? And what about Planned Parenthood and tax funding? Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. I'm Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt. Dr. Chaps, you're watching PIJN News. And on this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. I'm joined today in the studio by Dr. Ellen Keyes, but first, let's discuss the idea of personhood. This new political movement among the pro-life community, uh, specifically American Right to Life and many state-by-state uh, -state initiatives, ballot initiatives, to define the word person as beginning at conception. When a man and a woman procreate and there is uh, a sperm and an egg that forms a zygote, you have a person. Well, does the law define that as a person? And if it did, would it be protected? Here's a map of the personhood legislation, most recently at Victory in North Dakota, where the North Dakota Senate not only passed, but is now put on a ballot for the people of North Dakota to vote in 2014, November of 2014, to define life as beginning at conception, which would effectively ban abortions in North Dakota. That is constitutional, according to Justice Blackmun, who wrote the Roe versus Wade decision back in 1973. Here's a quote from Justice Blackmun, who said this, if this personhood, suggestion of personhood is established, then the Roe versus Wade case, of course, collapses, because the fetus's right to life would be specifically guaranteed by the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. Well, a bill to Enact that specific language in federal law has been introduced by Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Senate Bill 583, the Life Begins at Conception Act. And we have a petition you can sign today at PrayInJesusName.org. Here with a comment is a pro-life hero and my personal, uh, a man that I respect that I've come to know over the years who has mentored me, Dr. Alan Keyes, former ambassador to the United Nations and pro-life personhood leader. Welcome, Alan. Well, thank you very much. And I have been very heartened by the success that the personhood movement has uh, and enjoyed in the last little while. And the fact that it represents a kind of awakening of a larger group of people who think of themselves as pro-life to the fundamentals. Because I think part of the reason that some of the strategies others have been trying don't work is because in point of fact, though, the pro-life movement is solidly based in an understanding that derives its truth from the relationship with God a lot of the tactics and strategy that people have been employing had nothing to do with that. The personhood movement, however, is rooted in a simple understanding of what our humanity is all about. And that understanding is stated in simple forms right there at the beginning of the scripture. When it says, in the image and likeness of God created he them. That male and female, Adam and Eve created in the image and likeness of God. The word person is actually related to a Latin word persona. And it referred specifically to the image that an actor carried in front of himself when he was portraying a character. So it means that you are reminded by that persona of who that actor represents. 
what that activity he's engaging in is about. And what is that? That is a reminder that human beings are here. As John Locke, one of the philosophers the founders looked to greatly, said, we are here about our master's business. We are here as agents and representatives of the creator. And that was the fundamental idea that the Constitution and our whole understanding of rights and justice was based on. The personhood movement gets back to that in order to remind everyone, including people in the pro-life movement, that at the end of the day, our respect for that life in the womb is not just a function of our religious belief, our faith, our convenience, our consensus that we've reached with other people. Because as I've said before, human beings have agreed on a lot of evil. We know that. I especially am reminded of it by my heritage as a black American, but people looking at the Holocaust and at other things. Human beings have at various times agreed to do atrocity and pretend that it was somehow warranted by law and right. What I think the movement reminds us of is that the intrinsic worth of each and every human life isn't something that respects our will, whether it's our will as individuals or our will as a community. It is respecting God's will. And that therefore, we are bound to respect that unalienable right to life in whatever the stage of life we're dealing with. How does that contrast to the, the other, the, the liberal side of the pro-life movement, for example, by National Right to Life, who advocates incrementalism, or this idea that, uh, well, if you just do ultrasounds, then you can kill the baby, or if you just notify the parents, then you can kill the baby, and they don't have a strict personhood approach that defines life beginning at conception. Well, the great problem, and I've pointed this out many times over the years, if you are going to be concerned with the numbers of uh, people, babies that are killed, but you have lost sight of the reason why you are concerned when any given life is taken. It would be like counting to a hundred without having established the meaning of the number one. Meaning to say that if the one doesn't matter, then a million ones don't matter either. It is like adding zero to itself at that point. So you cannot sustain the commitment to the pro-life cause if you have forgotten why it is that each and every human life has to be intrinsically respected. The personhood movement reminds us of why each and every life has to be respected because each and every person is made in the image and likeness of God, represents the will of God for the being of our humanity. If you forget that, then at some point it just becomes haggling over numbers. And over the course of a generation or two, you do realize that people will forget why the numbers are important. And we'll reach a stage where people will start to think, well, why should we worry more about killing a million babies than we worry about killing a million chickens to have them for dinner? And indeed, the whole thrust of our society now, partly on account of the triumph of the evolutionary ideology, but partly on account of the many ways in which we are debasing our understanding of human beings in order to treat them as instruments of our pleasure and of our profit and of our will. We are losing sight of the idea fundamental to the American understanding of right and justice, that each and every human being represents an instance of God's will, of God's intention that government and all human powers have to respect. We're gonna take a short break, but I wanna leave you with this scripture from Psalm 139. The Bible defines life beginning at the womb. It says, my substance was not hid from you 
when I was made in secret, curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes, God, your eyes, saw our substance, being yet not perfect. But in your book, all of our members, every part of our body was written when it wasn't yet fashioned, when there were not yet any of them. Let's take a short break. We'll be back to talk about Obamacare. Why does the government pushing abortion pills on Christian businesses? Take a short break. Are you pro-life? Do you believe that abortion kills innocent children? If so, I want you to take action today and sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's three petitions we need you to sign. The number one is to stop Planned Parenthood from getting your taxpayer dollars. Did you know they've received now $487 million in your taxpayer dollars? I don't think that's right. They use that money to facilitate 329,445 abortions, not really to pay for adoption or mammograms, but just to kill innocent children. Sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's number two petition we want you to sign, and that's to defund Obamacare. This bad healthcare law is now forcing Christian employers to pay for contraception, sterilization, and abortion pills free of charge for all their employees, or the Christian employer has to pay a $100 fine per day per employee. That's gonna bankrupt our friends like the Hobby Lobby Corporation, Christian business owners, and even Catholic hospitals now are being forced to pay for abortions. The Obama administration is now promoting the Plan B abortion pill over the counter for children as young as seven years old. Here's petition number three we need you to sign at PrayInJesusName.org to help pass Senate Bill 583, the Life Begins at Conception Act. This personhood bill, introduced by my friend, Senator Rand Paul, can actually defend life and help overturn Roe versus Wade. Take action today. I know you care about the unborn, but please sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. We will fax that petition free of charge to your congressman. Sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today if you're pro-life. <laughs> Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Ellen Keyes. Let's talk about Obamacare. The Obamacare law now is forcing Catholic hospitals, Christian universities, even Bible publishers to pay for abortion services, including plan B abortion pills that kill an innocent child in the womb, not only with your tax dollars, but with private dollars, private business dollars. No wonder 64 lawsuits now have been initiated by Christians against the Obamacare law, uh, by the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, uh, good Christian corporations like Chick-fil-A or uh, Thomas Nelson Bible Publishers, including our friends at Hobby Lobby and the Green family are suing to stop Obamacare from infringing on their Christian right to not participate in abortion. We also have a question now about the definition of contraception. You know, some liberals say, oh no, these are just birth control pills. But if they kill a child who has already been conceived, it's not pre preventing a pregnancy, it's terminating a pregnancy and killing a child. So there is a difference here. Joining me in the studio is my friend, Dr. Ellen Keyes, hero to the pro-life movement. Dr. Keyes, what do you think about uh, contraception or the whole idea of uh, you know, plan B, 
where do you stand on this? Well, I think that, that the whole Christian community in particular should be up in arms about what uh, Obama is trying to do in terms of enforcing our complicity in abortion. Uh, and, and people should be willing, I think, to suffer whatever we have to suffer in order to make sure that we are not forced into this rebellion against God. Because if we actually put our jobs and our uh, life or even our health and well-being above standing firm in our relationship with God's will on the subject of this respect for life and not murderously assaulting human life, uh, then sadly, I think we will be separating ourselves from God and confirming that our country no longer is deserving of his blessing, his mercy and his protection, which obviously at this stage uh, we desperately need. So, so I think that there's an imperative at work here. It's an imperative that also reflects what I've talked about uh, often in terms of the need for us to get back to the right understanding of what rights are all about. Uh, and as I said in a speech that I gave uh, at the Republican Convention many years ago, quoting Lincoln and, and hearkening back to his understanding with respect to slavery, it, it, you cannot have the right to do what's fundamentally wrong. There's a contradiction in terms in saying that this act I am performing is wrong, but I have the right to do it in some fundamental way because the fundamental assertion of right, the right that trumps the law, that right that allows you to coerce others to respect that right and not to interfere with it, that right comes from God and the right to life in particular. Uh, and when it comes to things like the abortifacient uh, uh, drugs that create conditions in the womb that will kill uh, a, a conceived uh, child, I think it's always good to remind ourselves, particularly as believers, of that wonderful psalm you quoted, with, which, began, uh, which begins with the words, Before I formed you in the womb, before I formed thee in the belly, as the great King James Version says, I knew thee and ordained thee to be a prophet unto God, and so forth. That means that that child in the womb, once conceived, is conceived, as the psalm indicates, in private. Right? The creation of that child takes place in the mind and in the will of God. He's like an author who prepares the book in secret. He just publishes it in the womb. And the fact that that publication has taken place means that when we act to destroy that life, we are acting against the endowment of God. We are destroying a God-endowed right. And that God-endowed right is connected with the respect that we owe to God's will for life. Can a human agreement to license murder suppress that right? Can a human agreement to license murder then authorize government to force people to spend their time, energy, talent, and money promoting that murder? It obviously cannot. And that means that the abuse of the language of rights with respect to abortion is now leading to the suppression of the real rights that parents have, that children have to life, and that indeed everyone has in the society not to be forced by government to violate their own conscience and do evil. Let's suppose like uh, I'm a member of the Green family and I own Hobby Lobby with all these employees and all these stores, you know, millions or even billions of dollars of sales every year. And the government says to me, you must pay for abortion or you must close the doors to your business and uh, you know, lose all of that profit. What should the Green family do? Well, first of all, they should just say no, to use uh, Nancy Reagan's famous phrase. But more importantly, everyone in the society who respects the whole understanding of God-endowed unalienable rights should stand with them. 
And we should be willing to do what it takes in order to make sure that that government attempt to destroy their most fundamental rights of conscience does not succeed. Because if it does succeed, by the way, what we're dealing with here is not just a question of individual businesses and what's happening to individual families. It's a question of redefining the powers of government so that the powers of government no longer have to respect the limits that have been laid down by God in terms of that natural law, which then says that if we have a responsibility to God to do or refrain from doing something, the government cannot prevent us from doing it, and it has no lawful authority to force us to do that which contravenes his will. Uh, and, and to give that up means that we are giving up the whole premise that makes liberty possible in our country. We are basically reestablishing the conditions for a society in which power and might then can dictate any kind of arrangement they please according to an understanding of so-called right that would then be uh, uh, substantiated only by the force of unlicensed, unbridled, unchecked power. I think that's the very definition of the kind of hellish oppression that hundreds of thousands of Americans have risked and given their lives to prevent. And they didn't just give it to prevent it coming to this country. As I recall, we had them going out sacrificing their lives to prevent it from becoming the norm in the world. Now that a different norm has been proven in its success by the success of the government of, by, and for decent people in the United States. So that's what's at stake. And I think we all ought to be cognizant of we can't afford to leave these people alone. We must stand with them. Because in standing with them, we reassert our own liberty. Amen to that. Please sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org to oppose Obamacare and especially the abortion provisions. Visit PrayInJesusName.org to stand with the Green family to oppose the mandate of abortion. Here's a scripture from Jeremiah chapter one, agrees with the theme of Psalm 139, right? Uh, Jeremiah the prophet, it, here's a word from God and God promises him, Behold, I formed you in the womb, uh, even before then I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. We're gonna take a short break and when we come back, Dr. Keyes will discuss Planned Parenthood, where are they getting our tax money? Are you pro-life? Do you believe that abortion kills innocent children? If so, I want you to take action today and sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's three petitions we need you to sign. The number one is to stop Planned Parenthood from getting your taxpayer dollars. Did you know they've received now $487 million in your taxpayer dollars? I don't think that's right. They use that money to facilitate 329,445 abortions. Not really to pay for adoption or mammograms, but just to kill innocent children. Sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's number two petition we want you to sign, and that's to defund Obamacare. This bad healthcare law is now forcing Christian employers to pay for contraception, sterilization, and abortion pills free of charge for all their employees, or the Christian employer has to pay a $100 fine per day per employee. That's gonna bankrupt our friends like the Hobby Lobby Corporation, Christian business owners, and even Catholic hospitals now are being forced to pay for abortions. 
The Obama administration is now promoting the Plan B abortion pill over the counter for children as young as seven years old. Here's petition number three we need you to sign at PrayInJesusName.org to help pass Senate Bill 583, the Life Begins at Conception Act. This personhood bill, introduced by my friend, Senator Rand Paul, can actually defend life and help overturn Roe versus Wade. Take action today. I know you care about the unborn, but please sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. We will fax that petition free of charge to your congressman. Sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today if you're pro-life. I'm Dr. Chaps. Planned Parenthood, which some in the pro-life community refer to as Planned Murderhood, is now the leading abortion provider in America. This $1.2 billion corporation received more than a half billion dollars of your tax money each year. For example, in 2011, they used that and they, they received that tax base and they used that to facilitate the murder of over 300,000 abortions. Here's a chart that shows when the number of government dollars go up, so do the number of abortions facilitated by Planned Parenthood. But President Obama is complicit in this. He gave a speech there and he said, thank you Planned Parenthood, God bless you and God bless America. Here with the comment is my good friend, Dr. Ellen Keyes. Sir, do you think God can bless Planned Parenthood? Well, I, I mean, uh, the tyrant Obama has commanded God to bless America. And surely, chaps, who are you or I to say that the tyrant cannot command God to do his will? I, I sadly believe that, that this, is a, this exemplifies the arrogance that is now dominant over the minds of many of these people. Uh, they have read in their books that God is an invention, a fabrication, to be used by people who have power and rule in order to manipulate the masses. And, and as his real mentor, Marx, and his other mentors like uh, Alinsky would say, uh, the masses are there just to be manipulated by those who are in the know, who have the knowledge of the trends of history. One of the trends of history appears to be to murder our humanity in the womb in order to degrade our sense of the humanity of all human beings. And no, I don't think it's possible uh, that as God has made it clear that the taking of innocent life is an abomination to him, he is not going to bless us because we are allowing the wholesale slaughter of the lives that he has entrusted uh, to our care. Quite the contrary, uh, I think we are going to find ourselves more and more and more down the road we find ourselves in now. We went from strength to strength, from victory to victory as a people. When we were not ashamed of the gospel, when we were not ashamed to acknowledge that right and justice are based upon the will of God. In these decades that we have turned more and more away from that understanding, we are now entering the darkest period in the history of our country. A period when all of the labor, all of the wealth laid up by the, the many decades and, and of the existence of the United States are basically being dissipated, thrown away. When the full faith and credit of the American people built up again over generations so that in emergencies we would be able to go to others and say, you can trust us to lend us the money to survive. Do you realize it's all been squandered in the course of the last 20 years? It's gone. And you don't build that up overnight, see? So I think, no, 
uh, by backing away from this true premise, we have put the uh, United States in, in the greatest danger, the greatest peril uh, that it's ever been in. And I think the only way we get back, the only way we can withdraw ourselves from that darkness is to return to the light that, by God's providence, I deeply believe, enlightened the understanding of our founders, uh, who were not loath to acknowledge in the founding document and to write on the foundation stone of America's life the simple truth. Our rights come from Almighty God. The word right cannot be used to describe that which is wrong in his sight. Can you talk about the Declaration of Independence in that regard? Well, I think the Declaration is fundamental. Uh, and some people like to act as if you can uh, take the Declaration away and it has no uh, legal bearing, as they like to pretend, on anything that goes on. This, by the way, is a lie even in legal terms, because it's part of the organic law of the United States, legislated, I believe, by the very first Congress of the United States. Uh, but it's also wrong because you cannot possibly understand the Constitution of the United States without reference to the Declaration. For instance, the Ninth Amendment refers to rights. It says that the enumeration of rights in this Constitution shall not be construed to deny or disparage other rights retained by the people. What rights might those be? How do we have an understanding at all of the rights that are inherent and that must be respected by all governments? The Declaration tells us how. The Declaration tells us how by pointing us to God, by making it clear that those rights, the substance of those rights are determined by God, and that those things which God requires of us and those things which God permits for us, those things are, as to us, a natural law, it's referred to in those terms in the Declaration, and that government must respect that law, and that that law is in fact the foundation of our claim to govern ourselves. It says, uh, endowed by our creator with you know, certain inalienable rights, among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If there is no creator, then do we have those rights? Well, if there is no creator, how can there be creation? If there is no creator, how can we be endowed by our creator with unalienable rights? The denial of the creator is, in fact, a denial of rights. And by the way, I, I hope people don't think it's just a coincidence that the success of America in proving that people could govern themselves that you didn't need to have uh, nobility and quality and all of these class distinctions that characterized human societies. But in fact, the mass of the people respected and raised up in their decency to respect the will of God could govern themselves. I hope you don't think it's an accident that God is being driven out by the elites now, precisely when we've proven that a government based on their tyranny is not in fact the most successful form of government. Thank you, Dr. Alan Keyes. We're out of time, but I wanna leave you with this scripture from Hosea chapter four. Six things the Lord detests, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Let us pray. Father in heaven, forgive us as a nation for shedding innocent blood. Father, end the Holocaust, the genocide, which has become the abortion industry in America. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and sign a petition for life today. God bless you in Jesus' name. Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. 
Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.